Attention, all Goat Guns enthusiasts! Have you seen what Sarge has released recently? These new models and attachments are sure to excite you. Outfit your desk with these meticulously crafted gun models. Guaranteed to exceed your expectations. We'll buy them back up to 100 days. Don't miss out on the opportunity to add these stunning pieces to your collection. Visit GoatGuns.com now to see our new releases. This week on Bigfoot Collectors Club The Other Side, it's an all-new Minifoot episode featuring the return of Bryce's secret stash. We call bullshit or believe it on a few paranormal videos, respond to listener comments, share our recommendations in the Collectors Corner, and more. Available exclusively on The Other Side, the parallel dimension of Bigfoot Collectors Club. Visit patreon.com slash bigfootcollectorsclub for more info. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. Hey everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I am your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson. And our super producer, Riley Bray. Woo! Yeah! Making a podcast. Making another podcast. I mean, I, it's so sad. We're banking these just for you at home. Uh, we're recording a little ahead of time so we can take a little time off in Fuck. September. Uh, it's going to be fresh to you, but I wonder if we're still in quarantine. I'm guessing probably yes. Dude, we need a break. I got aliens on the brain. Oh, <laughs> That sounds like you need to go see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> aliens in my pants. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, I, I just... Oh, oh, God. All right, let's bring our I guess. Yeah. If she's still here. <laughs> I'm uh, here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just witnessed rock bottom for you. That was that was bleak. Oh, no. It's, it's, we can go lower. Much, yeah. much lower. Get ready. It's we still have an, start. an hour and 15 minutes left in oh, this yeah. show. <laughs> can only go up from here. Plenty so. of time to disappoint. Uh, <laughs> that voice you're hearing is a comedian... She's an actor, TV host, and gamer person. You can catch her on Super Punch on TBS Friday nights at 9 p.m. Pacific time. She is also the co-host of the podcast Teen Creeps. Boys and girls, please give a warm Club Scout salute to Kelly Nugent. Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) We love you. I'm still saluting. It's so sad to salute on the radio. No one can hear it. Oh, but if you just say it the whole time, then it's the same. (laughs) Salute, 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 salute. Oh, (sighs) Kelly, how is your quarantine going? We like to check in with our guests. It's going bad. (laughs) (laughs) Honesty is the best. I mean, how how like utterly unhinged would I be if I was like, I am thriving, never been better. (laughs) I'm getting so much done, you guys. You guys, I've never been more productive. Um, No, I'm doing horrible. Uh, Existential threat at all times. Thread? See? 
Yeah. Existential yeah. dread at all times. Um, it's a thread constant. of existential dread. Thank you yeah. for saving me with that. You didn't have to. You had I no duty to save me, but thank salute, you. Salute, 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 Um, yeah, not doing great. How are you guys? Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. hanging in there. You know, this podcast is keeping us alive. Thank God we have this so we can you know, still sort of have a semblance of, of normality. Uh, but though we miss seeing each other in the, in the BCC clubhouse, that's for, for, for darn sure. I do feel, I I understand that like truly still doing my podcast has forced me to be social and that's like very good. Uh, and it's truly like a shining moment. Anytime I get to like talk to someone. So you're doing, (laughs) you're like me, you're doing this alone. It, in in my world no i have a husband i made it sound oh. like i'm i'm alone man, listen <laughs> you're one step ahead man you're like miles ahead of me jesus <laughs> listen okay i'm not as bleak as you she's um, married <laughs> oh come on <laughs> yeah not i'm married and i got three cats um but yeah it you know it's just it's still it's hard but i i would imagine that other people have it worse there's are there it's a good problem to have that's a good perspective. I like three kitties. That's a that's a cute little pod. That's a cute little COVID pod right there. Kitty pod. Yeah, yeah. The cats are fine. I mean, I think they feel nothing about me being home more. Um, they actually one of them has been like really bad and like is a fucking bathroom cop. Like every time one of the cats <laughs> uses the litter box, he's like, "What you doing? Number one or two? Like he'll like hang out. <laughs> right outside and i'm like why you don't need to be in that space what you didn't know was like that cat was obsessed with the bathroom like long before you were uh, in lockdown (laughs) yes yes it's like all these ufo and ghost sightings that are happening it's like it's you're just noticing it now exactly this cat's a pervert yeah he's always been a pervert from the cradle to the grave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kelly. Well, before we get to your backstory with the paranormal, Bryce has brought in some. BCC News. Hey, do you remember that story about that uh, giant floating rock in space called a muamua that people thought might be an alien probe? Yep. Do you remember hearing anything about that? Kelly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, well, yes. This like giant. It was like a giant. It was like a giant rock, right? Yeah. Or the, Holly, giant, the, Holly okay. Oca- the Haleakala Telescope Observatory in uh, in Maui first spotted this thing, uh, hence the name Amuamua, which I believe means scout. Uh, but anyway, it was this giant rock that was sort of entering our our, our Milky Way galaxy, and it had an odd trajectory. And uh, scientists were like kind of baffled and befuddled by it. And uh, it's they thought the it might be a time. mothership. Yeah, it's the first <gasps> time, you know, scientists were like, could this be an alien probe uh, being sent to our galaxy? And so I pulled this article from. Well, did um, they think it was a probe or like an actual ship? They they didn't know. They could have. They thought they they weren't sure, right? They so they weren't sure both. if it, there were like beings on here yeah, or not. And it had this weird trajectory, and they thought it might be using this technology of like a solar sail, uh, using the sun's uh, magnetic rays to like you know 
you know propel itself through space but just uh, like count uh just like count dooku's uh, ship in attack of the clone yes that's ah, exactly yeah. right Michael. just like um but i pulled this from the scientific american and the, some so basically they were run, they were running some studies scientists were like well this has to be something mundane perhaps it's just a job a solid chunk of hydrogen because it wasn't a comet. It didn't have a comet's tail. And so uh, they were really trying to be like, well, what is this thing? Well, anyway, um, there's a new test. The, the new test is done and it's baffled scientists even more. Scientific American reports mystery of interstellar visitor Amuamua gets trickier. Aliens? Or a chunk of solid hydrogen? Which idea makes less sense? Amuamua, a mysterious interstellar object that crashed through our solar system two years ago, might in fact be alien technology. Stop. That's, that's because an alternative non-alien explanation might be fatally flawed, as a new study argues. But most scientists think the idea that we spotted alien technology in our solar system is a long shot. In 2018... Our solar system ran into an object lost in interstellar space. The object, dubbed Amuamua, seemed to be long and thin, cigar-shaped, and tumbling end over end. Then, close observation showed it was accelerating, as if something were pushing it. Scientists still aren't sure why. One explanation, the object was propelled by an alien machine, such as a light sail, a wide millimeter-thin machine that accelerates as it's pushed by solar radiation. The main proponent of this argument was Avi Loeb, a Harvard University astrophysicist. Physicist. Most scientists. It's physicist. Most scientists, however, think Amuamua's wonky acceleration was likely due to a natural phenomenon. In June, a research team proposed that solid hydrogen was blasting invisibly off the interstellar's object's surface and causing it to speed up. Now, in a new paper published Monday, August 17th, the Astrophysical Journal Letters, Loeb and Thiem Hoang, an astrophysicist at the Korea Astronomy and Space Science Institute, argue that the hydrogen hypothesis couldn't work in the real world, which would mean that there is still hope that our neck of space was once visited by an advanced aliens and that we actually spotted their presence at the time. Here's the problem with the Muamua. It moved like a comet, but didn't have the classic comma, coma, or tail of a comet, said astrophysicist Daryl Seligman, an author of the Solid Hydrogen Hypothesis, who is starting a postdoctoral fellowship in astrophysics at the University of Chicago. Brag, credits, brag, pedigree. Amuamua <laughs> was the first object ever seen flying into our solar system and back out again that's opposed to most solar system objects that turn circles around the sun, never leaving the celestial neighborhood. Its journey and the fact that it was accelerated suggested a Muamua, which is estimated to be about 13 to 2,600 feet long, was a comet, and yet there was no coma or outgassing detected coming from the object. I'm starting to get weary. This is when I stop usually reading my articles. I'm going to stop there. But I'm just impressed you read and cited Scientific I, American. I mean, this is a big step. I mean, you know, I wanted it to what be. What happened uh, to the, the the Daily Express for the exactly. UK? I'm like, wow, Bryce. You know what? I'll just read the last part. Let's see here. Let's okay, in, okay. in summation. Uh, We're with you, buddy. Loeb also said way. that hydrogen icebergs are expected to come from giant molecular clouds, not part of space like Karina or Columbia, blah, 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 blah. Asked if there's a clear leading candidate explanation for Muamua's acceleration, Loeb referred life science to a not yet released book he authored called Extraterrestrial, 
The First Sign of Intelligent Life Beyond Earth, due for publication in January. Oh, way to hop on the bandwagon oh. there, Loa. <laughs> like, oh, you, you discovered extraterrestrials? They've been here forever, dude. <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, that's a BCC news, but I love it. So finally, the scientific uh, community is starting to get on board that this thing is just defying logical explanation. So I love that. It's pretty exciting. I mean, That's openly getting on board. Mm-mm. Yeah, secrets, totally. secrets. I was surprised to hear it's going end over end. That makes me think it was like a mothership that's that's like crashed or been blown up. Oh, yeah, the shell of a ship that's had. It'd be cool, you know, if you went like to take it back to Star Wars, like one of those big star destroyers. You know, it's like mm-hmm. just going end over end. And then maybe uh, we'll send some space Marines out there and then uh, answer a distress call. And then everyone will get infected by xenomorphs. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Well, we're like, we're like, I, I wonder what it is. Another film franchise. <laughs> those people <laughs> or those beings inside are like, I know it's like, they must it's all be dead. That we do it this way. <laughs> <laughs> the key to interdimensional travel is going upside down <laughs> it's just basically like intergalactic like the zipper that ride is a nightmare but you know what i mean maybe, <laughs> maybe there's like a, generating uh, artificial gravity yeah oh, okay. exactly so maybe they're they're thriving they're fine yeah maybe yeah. there's like a yeah. sphere inside on a gyroscope that uh keeps them level oh yes what was that movie with that uh i don't it's know it's many i think the 2001 the space station's rotating right Isn't maybe it? yeah that yes. scene where he's running yeah, oh, yeah. They're always rotating. Oh, yeah. It's like spinning. Always a gro- rotating. It's like yeah. spinning a grocery bag, and the groceries go to the end. You know, it, it, it right, makes its right. own little anti gravity. Kelly, like a, are you thinking of the film Contact? Because there was a, a gyroscope I, in that one. Too. I believe I'm thinking of the film Contact. Contact stuck with me for a while. Yeah, I remember one. getting like I was like weirdly disturbed by that movie. How come? I okay. It's gonna be weird. Not for the reasons you think. I didn't like those big satellites. I thought they were scary. Like, mm. <laughs> like I don't like like too big. Yeah, too big. Like I don't like. Okay, this I don't know how to describe it, but I don't like structures where people cannot, like structures that are built by people that are not made for a person. A person couldn't live there. Like I don't like like diorama type things, and I don't like, like I get creeped out by um, like quarries. Uh-huh. Like stuff that are purely like large and industrial or uh-huh. or like look like a house but cannot be lived in. Um <laughs> like, blowing my mind. Yeah, no, it's very specific and I haven't dialed down like I haven't like drilled down and figured out why I don't I like think that. Now's the time, right? I, now yeah. is the moment. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh Your Bigfoot God. therapists are here to unpack yeah. this. We, we thought we were nutty. Jeez. <laughs> I understand the size thing because sometimes that makes me feel really like dizzy and disoriented. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know, this is a real local reference, but there's a, when you're driving down the five, like headed towards Disneyland from LA, Mm -hmm. there's this giant outlet mall called the Citadel. Citadel. Yeah. And it's got those like giant sphinx on it. (laughs) 
Yeah. So that uh, that that always makes me feel like if I look at it, I'm going to drive my car off the road for some reason. Like it's it's, it's disorienting. But then around around the holidays, the Christmas they put, thing, they put a giant bow on top of it, and it almost makes me nauseous to look at it because yeah. it's so <laughs> weird to me. Yeah, it's got my, all these chimeras yeah. on it, and uh, it looks very <laughs> ancient Sumerian. It's really but the it bow. Does. The bow makes me dizzy when the I'm bow looking is at like it. is particularly nightmarish. I feel like because it's so big and wavy and like yeah it makes me feel like my car is gonna start spinning like mario kart style i know what you mean that's a very weird thing but i don't know i'm interested in the abandoned abandoned house or like well here's the thing an abandoned house i'm okay because someone can live there this is okay specifically like if you go into a museum and they're like this is a cross-section of what it would have been like to live in 1800s virginia and then it's like a fake like there's a chair and they're like this is an outhouse and there's like a oh yeah. i don't like ikea setups either at ikea say. store <laughs> i think it's because you can't go to the bathroom <laughs> i think it's that it's like <laughs> taunting you with a fake bathroom and then you can't actually use it this is very <laughs> uh, this is very intense I, I i i the size thing i get i'm not sure about the diorama but i'm fascinated by it <laughs> I once heard a horror story of an actor, and I can't remember who it was, but was filming, was a guest on a TV show. Bryce, have you ever heard this story? It must be one of those like Hollywood urban legends, but I think this actually happened. And uh, they were a guest star on like a TV show, and they had a really upset stomach. And they went um, and took a giant, I'm sorry, everybody who hates this stuff, took a hellacious shit. And then went no. to flush it and realized they were <gasps> shitting on the the set, the bathroom set of the show. <laughs> that is truly a nightmare. Uh, Can you imagine? Oh, that's horrible. That's Crapping really in horrible. A fake toilet. Oh, that's really horrible. God. Wow, that I think that's it because I seriously feel like I'm dead. I that is that I think that's it. I think it's that the that the fake bathroom thing is what it is for Man. me yeah that would be the worst thing that ever happened i hope that actor just if that were me i would have been i would have walked out the soundstage door and never come back to hollywood oh i would have well, walked out and walked into the pacific ocean just meanwhile, would not return meanwhile bryce is biting his tongue because he was that guy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like what you guys don't think it would be like kind of cool and funny if, if someone here was that person oh my god <laughs> So, okay. Kelly, we like to ask all of our guests, what is your personal paranormal history? Oh, my God, y'all. I, okay, oh, I, I have a couple things. Like, um, most recently, I brought a ghost home from the damn Heritage Square Museum in Highland Park. That'll oh work. God. Okay. So, I, we, have you been to the Heritage Square Museum in yeah. Highland Park? Yeah, it's like a Victorian sort of neighborhood, right? Yes. And I think I filmed I filmed a short there called The Arrival, mm. uh, in one of those. Now, does that scare you? Because that's all like Victorian houses, just full of dioramas. Guess what? They got working plumbing. I'm fine, and someone has lived <laughs> there. So, I I actually love I love like spooky old houses. Like that's one of my favorite. Like my dream is to be like the scary lady that lives in an old Victorian on a hill that children think is a witch. So like I love like go going to look at creepy old houses, Heritage Square Museum. Basically, they have relocated 
uh, old Victorian homes and like other uh, styles, but mostly Victorian from around California, relocated them to this uh, museum. And you can you if you go there, you get a tour. So we're looking at all these different houses and there's this one house called the Octagon House. And it is built in the shape of an octagon. Like there are no hallways. Like all the rooms are just like, like lining the outside octagon. And then, yeah. And then there's like a staircase in the middle. So, um, it's like me, there's this like group, there's this other family on the tour, this like French family. And there are other people, but they're not relevant. And so the, Tour guide is like showing us around. Everyone op- in my life are <laughs> extras. Yeah, yeah, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the star in my in, in my film. So, um, the tour guide's like showing us the house, and he's like, "Yeah," uh, and, and someone's like, "This house feels really weird. Has there ever been like weird paranormal stuff?" And the and the tour guide was like, "Well, I don't know. Sometimes like the doors open or like drawers will like open and shut, but like nothing too weird." And I was like, "Okay." And then they're like, "Oh, but if you're interested, like there's this area under the stairwell that like everyone says feels really, really bad. Ooh. So if you want to go stand in it, you can go stand in it." So the French family like goes and stands in it, and then the dad leaves his family. He's like. He's like, it's bad feng shui. And he's like, it's bad feng shui. And then leaves the house, ditches his family. The family's still in the house. He's gone. He's outside. Love that. He Good. A guy who goes by his instincts. Yes. He literally left his family. He literally <laughs> left his family. Um. So then I was like, well, I will stand in there. And I stood in there and it felt really weird and bad. And I was like, okay, well, that feels weird and bad. And stood, left the space. What then, felt bad about it? Um, I felt very, um, like prickly, like prickly on the back of my neck and like just dread, like a feeling of like deep, deep, deep dread. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, whatever. I brushed it off. I was like, I don't know. The wallpaper's weird in this house. Maybe I just feel weird from the wallpaper. <laughs> so then I go home, la la la, live my life, go to sleep. And now, okay, a skeptic can say that I was like existing in that space between awake and asleep. So perhaps I was, you know, dreaming while kind of awake. Sleep paralysis. Which I experience. And my thing that I see is a drowned man. We'll talk about that. Okay. So I was sleeping on my side. I'm too scared to see the rest of this podcast (laughs) all of a sudden. Um, I was sleeping on my side and my husband's like knocked out, dead asleep. And then I hear like, in my ear so close in my ear just like the sound of a man in pain and so i like freaked out like gasped turned around and there was just a dark figure hunching over me and i was like and i was like holy shit holy shit holy shit and i now okay another detail to, to keep in mind is that um i have very bad eyesight when i'm not wearing glasses or contacts um uh, like negative 8.5 for people who are familiar with that. Damn. So very bad. So, okay, it could have just been a shadow. But I was, and so I like turned away from the shadow and like closed my eyes and then I opened them again and it was gone. Hmm. And so I like woke up my husband. He had no idea what was going on. He was just like, what? And I was like, there was the thing. And then he was, and he was like, it's fine. And I was like, okay. And I went back to sleep. Um. So I suspect that I took a tortured ghost from the octagon house into my home. 
I don't know where he is now. He seems he's gone. He hasn't done anything. But how long ago was this? Um, definitely pre-quarantine. It was like a year ago, maybe. Okay, okay. So you've had some time. I've had some time to, to be with this ghost, like one on one, and he's not been here. So he's he has moved on. So weird, all that stuff. Ugh. I wonder if there's like you know you know when uh, when people pass away, there's there's like a. Uh, you know, like a chaperone who leads them to the other side. I wonder if on a nightly basis when we're slipping into that dream world that there's, you know, an assigned chaperone to take us to that dream world. And perhaps that's why so many people, you know, see those dream chaperone. Dream chaperone. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe something like that. It's like a, a, uh, like a, a personal Karen. Is that how you pronounce it? C-H-A-R-O-N. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, sure. the the um oh yeah from the river sticks yeah yeah he's the like i don't mean the like racist white lady i mean right, right, right. i mean the, the, the... what if it's both though <laughs> wow i am supposed to take you to your dreams sir <laughs> sir get in my boat can i speak to your supervisor sir yeah. you want the dream manager it's not gonna happen okay <laughs> so you just follow me <laughs> um that would be horrible. I'm picturing like uh, the dream chaperone being like a 1950s, like you know, like dream boat who's like picking you up in in an old like Studebaker and taking oh. you to your to your your dream. That'd be like cool. taking you to your 1950s dream prom. Yeah, like a dream chaperone. I don't know. I like that's cute. I'm picturing this is like the ghost equivalent of working at the DMV. It's like sort of like an annoying bureaucratic job, oh, you know? And they're just totally. like, all right, I'm here to get you to your dream. Yeah. Uh, did you fill out your forms? All right, great. Let's uh, just uh, hop over. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe like, maybe Kelly's like stubbed his toe and that's why he was in pain or something. Yeah, because he was late. <laughs> and he was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and the so problem was over. he got written up for that. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. creepy stuff. It I don't is. like shadows hanging out. Uh, can you tell us more about this drowned man? Oh, um, I used to get sleep paralysis pretty bad. Like it started well. So, like w- when I was a really little kid, um, I like a couple times saw like a weird like gremlin, like a blue skinned gremlin thing oh no way yeah i don't know it was weird more about that so like i used to see this like thing i didn't know what it was but i specifically remember like i was a kid i was really little and um there was like one night that i woke up and had a panic attack and i was like i had to be three because my sister wasn't born yet and my parents like had to take me to the hospital because they thought i was dying and oh wow yeah and then the next day i was like sitting in the or maybe it wasn't the next day time is hard when you're a kid um i was like sitting in the living room and we had this piano and um um my parents had this piano bag thing and like it had like like sheet music in it and it was neck like leaned up against the the piano bench and like just right behind the piano bag was this like thing i don't know it was like it was like as okay like dobby <laughs> okay mm-hmm. <laughs> like like kind of like that but like blue like a mix between dobby and like 
Gollum. Sure. Wow. But did blue. It, did it have the big ears like in the movie Gremlins or like? Yeah, yeah. It was like, but they were down. The ears were down, not up. Oh, weird. So they were like relaxed and down. And then they were like, it was like behind. the. And so I call, I remember being like, mom, mom. And she comes in and I was like, don't you see it? And I still fucking remember this moment. Sorry, can I curse? Yeah. Um, yeah. I still remember this moment. I was like, do you see it? And she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, it's right there. It's right there. And she was like, I don't see it. And then I, so then I just let it go. I was like, okay. And so then I saw that again when I was like 15, maybe I'd got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and my parents left their door open. So I like just looked down the hall and that thing was there again, like crouched. Same thing? Yeah. That's problematic. Was it no, no, it was, was completely it still. still. Both times it was completely still. Interesting. Completely still, no movement. And so it was like crouched on their like stereo system thing that they have. And like, I was like, I just stood there completely still. I couldn't, I just couldn't move. I was just staring at it completely did it, still. Did it try to communicate with you? I mean. No, it just, uh, the, the first one when I first saw it when I was little, it was looking at me. The second one, it was not looking in my direction. That's so strange. So then I I just was frozen and then I went back in my room and like sat on my bed and I was like, what do I do? So I was like, I just got to go back. So then I put my glasses on. Oh God, this could just be that I have really bad eyesight. And I went and then it was gone and I was like, oh, okay. And then I just went to the bathroom and went back to sleep. So anyway, so then I started seeing like this bluish thing. And then the first time I saw the sleep paralysis was I I fell asleep on the couch uh, at a friend's house in college. And I woke, well, I thought I woke up, but I wasn't. And there was just this like man that was wearing like a tuxedo that looked like he'd like drowned in a, like he was like blue and like kind of messed up. And like he was just dream looking at chaperone. Me. That's yeah. how the dream chaperone died. He, dro- he, he drowned. He died going to his prom. On his prom. Sad. That is sad. But it's that weird is... that it's always been blue. Now that I'm thinking about it, the, the person's the, always been blue. Yeah, because he he was blue from like oxygen depletion, basically. Right. I don't like. See how we solve this. this stuff? Like in a matter of minutes. In a matter of minutes. Now <laughs> I know he's just are. a friend. <laughs> That's wild. And growing up, were you like into the paranormal? Did you like read books or watch shows about ghosts or UFOs, any of the unexplained stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. I um I really liked like Christopher Pike books, which are like a lot about like lizard aliens that are masquerading as hot new girls at school, like that kind of thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um or like uh I was really into, I was always terrified of, but loved the X-Files. So oh, like yeah. I, and that was like a little, I was older. I wasn't, you know, th- that was my first like weird sighting predated me being into, um, into X-Files. But I just was always into like fantasy and sci-fi and like that kind of thing as a kid, for sure. Yeah, yeah, you're in good company. X-Files was like I was obsessed with and sightings mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. unsolved mysteries. I never got into we had Lindsay Katai on the um on the show mm-hmm. earlier this year, who's your co-host on Team Creeps, obviously. I'm letting them know, the listener, not you. I'm like, oh uh, my God, really? <laughs> <yeah>. Whoa. <laughs> uh, but and she was talking about, you know, 
those books that you guys were into growing up, I was too scared to read that stuff. I was they were too very scared. sexy and scary. I could not get in too sexy for me and too scary for me. I did like Michael Crichton, and that was like as scary as I got. I was hard into Michael Crichton. I remember being really into Sphere, like very oh, into too. Sphere. Yeah. And like being so sad when I finished the book, I remember being like, oh, no, there's only like 10 pages left and it'll be over. And then I, read, I remember being really sadly disappointed by the movie. I was like, what? <laughs> I remember reading that book while on vacation with my dad and he uh, he was on a business trip to Rome and I got to fly out there and meet him there. And there's like some real sexy stuff in that book. Yes, there is. <laughs> And I just remember being really embarrassed that I was reading about like the woman's like stiff nipples <laughs> as like my dad was like two feet away from me in this hotel room in Rome. I was like, I don't know if I should be reading this. Oh my God. See, I was like, hell yeah. And I was like hiding like what I was. It was very like I always thought I was getting away with something when I would read stuff like that. So what was the thing that scared you the most? Like, what was the thing that if you were, you know, the old, like, I wouldn't want to meet that walking down a dark alley at night? Well, when I was a kid, I was really, and I think this is in part because of X-Files and specifically, um, shoot, who's that character? Um, uh, oh my God. Oh my God. Crycheck? No. Skinner. You know, what, you know what name, name I keep wanting to say, and it's not that, is Dwayne Wade, which is not Dwayne Wade. <laughs> but his name is like Dwayne something. Oh, my God. Someone's like screaming right now. He's like the first like person who they who interacts with uh, 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 Grays in the in the oh, series. Oh, the guy who gets abducted. Dwayne yes. Barry. Dwayne, Dwayne Barry. Barry. Thank yeah. you, Dwayne Barry. So like I think though that episode and like like the just the fear and the helplessness that 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 it conveyed with grays really scared me because i remember being very like i would cover myself with my blankets because i was like the grays are like i could i could very vividly imagine them being in my room mm. so grays like very much scared me yeah me too number one uh public enemy in my bedroom for sure <laughs> the grays get out of here <laughs> leave me alone do you have a sign on your door that says like no grays allowed <laughs> yeah it's it's problematic now oh but... no it is i didn't even think about that and then you have another sign that's like i'm talking about the aliens yeah i, I never I... thought like how problematic we are calling these alien grays and yeah being like, get seriously out of here. We got to come up with like a different name for them. I'd still tell them to get out of here because I don't want to get abducted. You know what you can call them? You can call them by their name. You can call them by their name. Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> no. They just happen to, be, happen to have the same name as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle villain. Yeah. Bryce, were you ever terrified by the alien greys? I don't feel like you're as scared of aliens as I am. Um, You know, I don't know. <sighs> I, I, I did worry about, you know, yeah, something showing up and, uh, yeah, they, they spook me out just because they can, you know, you can set your house alarm, you can lock your door and it would seem through the account experiences that they, that doesn't even matter. They can, you know, they can go through walls, they can go through windows, they can, they, yeah. So yeah, there's definitely a, a fear of something, you know, showing up in the in the middle of the night and, and, and whisking you away somewhere. See, that but. just makes me feel like, you know, if the, basically you just described ghost powers. Right. Ghost so powers for sure. It really scary. makes me think that like alien, is that just more evidence that alien and ghosts just come from the same place? 
Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe like people are conflating like like if you know before like before aliens became like mainstream, like when people like would experience something that possibly was an alien situation, they were contributing like they were attributing that to ghosts. Yeah. In fact, a lot of alien abductees experience, experience paranormal activity in their home, like poltergeist activity, yeah. like orbs and objects moving around the house in the weeks or months following an abduction experience. Yeah, it's strange. So they are connected. I mean, think of like wow. Skin, Skinwalker Ranch, those ranch owners yeah. who, would, who would see like UFOs in the sky. They're, they're, they experienced a lot of, you know, paranormal activity in their, in their ranch home as well, like cupboards and cabinets open opening up and things going missing and, and loud bumps and sounds in the night. So it does seem to be that, uh, you know, that, that, that it's related somehow. I, I don't know what the connection is, but, uh, it's pretty fascinating. Wow. <laughs> Scary. Any UFO sightings in your life? Um, n- I have no, but I just had a moment that was like, <laughs> This just kind of shows just like what it was like to have my father as a father. So my dad works in like top secret like stuff. Like he's been to Area 51 and like I don't. Wait, what? What? Why are you just telling us? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) We're like halfway into the show here. I'm so sorry. I was about to move on, but now we have to. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. What? (laughs) I just because I don't really think about like. So when I was a kid, like. This makes me sound like a huge liar. I'm just because I don't think about this stuff. And so now I'm like talking about all this stuff now. And this seems like all fake. It's not. I promise. So my uh, my dad uh, works for Boeing and he works um, in like, I don't know what he does. Like he is always going out for flight tests and whatever and like has been to area 51 and he claims there's nothing there. So people should stop worrying about it, which sounds very suspicious to me. There's nothing there, but tiny blue creatures. Okay. There are (laughs) tiny blue creatures with long ears, but that's it. Sometimes I brought, okay. Maybe I brought one home and I kept it as a secret pet and it's invisible to your mother. I cannot imagine my father like having this secret pet. No, 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 no. He's also like very not like he doesn't seem like a secret type. Like he's very like a dorky Midwestern guy. He's like, oh, geez. Like he's not. He doesn't seem cool. That's Um, at least his cover is. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe he's just I'm this is the long con. But like we would get like people digging in our trash that were like checking to make sure my dad wasn't like sharing secrets and like people would call his family or like me or my mom and be like how long have you known him like and i'm like that's crazy yeah and like double checking on like okay well where did you go to college when did you meet him when did you do this and like so um he was like a russian spy or something okay yes uh and then so (laughs) but he grew up in a very small town uh or outside of a small town in Montana. The small town is Sims, population like 350. Uh, and it was like a mile outside of there on a farm. And so we always used to go to my grandma. My grandma lived there for a while. And so we used to go there and like just hang out on the farm in the summer. And I remember one time after I had learned about like alien abductions and like cattle mutilations and all that, I was like, dad. Oh, and like uh, for context, uh, I was sleeping on the pullout sofa that was like right directly next to the door that had it was like a big window that looked out over 
very, I mean, like if you've been out to farms at night, it's dark, like oh, yeah. very dark. And there was just this like one lamp that lit just like the house and then you couldn't see beyond the, the light <laughs> and so i'm laying on there and my dad's like you know getting you know i'm getting ready for bed and my dad's like just like you know futzing around in the kitchen or something and i was like dad have you ever seen a cattle mutilation and he's like oh yeah and i was like what <laughs> and he's like yeah and i was like was it aliens and he's like well i don't know i mean sometimes you just come across a cow with its guts all out and you just think no coyote did this all right good night and he just leaves and i'm just like (laughs) (laughs) like uh, and i just stared out that window for like hours until i fell asleep nothing happened but that's just what it was like talking to my dad about that kind of stuff what what did he do at area 51 Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know i only learned about stuff he's done like 10 years after it has been done like he'll like come home and like show me some brochure and be like oh i made this 10 years ago and i'm like oh look it is a large working airfield and airbase so there's all kinds of planes being flown in and out of there and Mm -hmm. i'm sure boeing has one of the you know bigger contracts that works over there and where uh uh, forgive me if you mentioned but where did you grow grow up i grew up in torrance uh which for people not familiar it's just a suburb outside of la so would your dad take uh, would would he take the the janet air flights out of mccarran las vegas airport to go to uh area 51 like they so many of the other employees did he ever talk about how he got to the base and back no he oh interesting he didn't talk about like so he would just go on business to yeah. places and quote, sometimes we'd quote, be like, business. yeah, on business quote. And so he'd be like, like, he'd be like, okay, uh, I have to go to, I mean, sometimes we know the state, right. He'd be like, I have to go to Missouri or whatever. Huh. Um, and then he'd like, or sometimes there's days of like flight tests where he has to go out to the high desert and like do whatever. Yeah. Um, you should ask him about Janet Air because okay. uh, it stands for just another non-existent transport, and that's how they used to. Uh, <laughs> that's how they used to shuttle their all the employees to and from Area Fifty One. I here's what I, I will say. Do, right? I don't think yeah, he, they still do. I don't think he went there frequently. Like I think he maybe went once or twice because I asked him. I said, "Dad, have you ever been to Area Fifty One? And he was like, "Yes." And I was like, "What is there?" And he was like, "It's nothing." And I was like, "Okay." I'll tell you in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. After our new alien overlords have taken over everything. That's the thing though. <laughs> Area 50, Area 51's like like old base now. It's like they've moved all There's the nothing secret, there. No, yeah. they've moved all the secret tech and the alien ships and the aliens deep underground to uh, you know, somewhere else probably, you know, um what's the one in uh oh, I can't think of it, Michael, you know, in Mexico. Dulce, Dulce Air Base, yeah. Death. That place doesn't exist. It was made up by a very that's that's, troubled a, that's what they said about Area Fifty One yeah, too, buddy. There was more evidence <laughs> for Area Fifty One. Don't say it was by was was you know quote unquote discovered by a very uh, disturbed man who was listening listening to the ground and decided there uh, were aliens under there. That being said, there is no doubt in my mind that there are they're known as dumbs deep yeah. underground military bases all oh, for sp- sure. spattered sure, throughout yeah, the yeah. country. 
I'm just saying dull saying is a myth. Yeah. Um, okay, Kelly. Yeah. We do have to move on now. Uh, maybe we can get your dad on the show in a future uh, Oh, episode. my God. Mark. <laughs> Mark, if you're listening. Yeah. Mark's handlers, if you're listening. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. I just want to say hi to the intelligence officers <laughs> yeah. that are listening I just, to the show. I just feel I know like... it's your first episode, but you know, <laughs> I think you can really get into it. So uh... I just feel like it would be like a damage control mission for him. Like, I just feel like he would just be like, no, there's not. Like, it would not. No <laughs> he would comment. just be like, no. Nothing. We're gonna, no. We're gonna crack it. <laughs> Alright, we have a game that we like to play with all of our guests. I'm gonna go down a list of phenomenon. And you, if you're into it or open to it, you're gonna say believe it. If you're not, you're gonna say bullshit. You have to pick one or the other, even if you're on the fence. Okay. All right, it's rapid fire. Okay. This is a game that we like to call bullshit or believe it. Kelly Nugent. Yeah. On your mark. Get set. Ghosts. Uh, believe it. UFOs. Believe it. Bigfoot. Uh, be- believe it. Little gray aliens. Believe it. Out of body experiences. Uh, believe it. Demonic possession. Da- bullshit. The Bermuda Triangle. Believe it. Alien abductions. Mm, believe it. Loch Ness Monster. Bullshit. Time travel. Bullshit. Mothman. Bullshit. Reincarnation. Believe it. ESP. Uh, believe it. Haunted houses. Believe it. The Illuminati. Uh, bullshit. There's a face on Mars. Uh, b- believe it. A UFO crashed at Roswell. Um, it's a new one. Believe it. Skunk ape. What? Okay, you just unlocked a secret game. <laughs> Bryce, get ready. <laughs> game. Sea serpents. Uh, uh, believe it. Chupacabra. Uh, bullshit. Atlantis. Bullshit. Heaven. Bullshit. Hell. Bullshit. Life on other planets. Believe it. Parallel dimensions. Believe it. The apocalypse. Bullshit. Life after death. Eh, b- I believe it, I guess. Yeah, I believe it. If you believe in ghosts, you believe yeah, in believe- life after yeah, death. Yeah, I believe Kelly. That's why I thought of it. I was like, at first I was like, <laughs> Form <"Angel?"> of it. <laughs> what happens if you don't become a ghost? You're nothing. Oh, interesting twist. <laughs> Anything out of there jump out at you? You, were all, you sounded a little on the fence about Bigfoot. Yeah, I wasn't sure. There's cuz some of these uh some of these specific cryptids I'm like I I don't know. Like I I think that they're just like messed up animals that people think but Bigfoot, Bigfoot, Bigfoot. 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 Um I don't know. I mean, I guess on some level, I believe that any of these things could be real, right? Like, even if, like, in my gut, I'm like, that's probably not real. But, like, do I really believe that, like, the human eye or that me, I'm, like, so perfectly evolved that I can perceive literally everything in that could exist? No. So even if I don't think that I could ever, that even if I have never seen that and don't believe that I ever would, that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. 
Yeah, because mm. I like that theory that people's eyes are just too stupid. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, speaking of giant hairy animals, uh, you might want to have your Google ready. Okay. Yeah, get you unlocked already. the secret game within the game, which is called 60 Seconds to Sell Skunk Ape. We're going to get you to the other side, Kelly. All right. Okay. Have no fear. Bryce, are you ready? I'm so ready. On your mark, get set, sell Skunk Ape. Kelly, Skunk Ape is just Florida's Bigfoot. That's all. Nothing more. Uh, if you'll go to your uh, Google search bar, just type in the word Skunk Ape and then go to images. But, uh, you know, hundreds of people res- report this uh, large bipedal hairy creature roaming the swamps of Florida and the Everglades. And uh, the, if you'll see the picture, do you see the one where this, like, creature is kind of leaning over and you see its teeth? Yeah, it looks yeah, scary. That's the, yeah, that's the skunk ape. So an old uh, lady, an old lady went out. Something was stealing her seconds. apples, and she wrote this anonymous letter to a sheriff's department saying something stealing my apples. Did somebody lose an orangutan? I'm worried because my grandkids play out back in there. And she went out back and she took two photographs. And in the letter, she described she took the first one. She saw it with the flash. She took the second one. It stood up, sort of uh, opened its mouth and showed its teeth a little bit more. But seconds. that is not an orangutan. And as a matter of fact, for our listeners at home, I'm going to put a few links to a couple of my favorite uh, Skunk Ape videos, and I'll be happy to share them with you. Skunk Ape is real. Stop. No. You're done. (laughs) All right. I'll I'll go back. Bullshit or believe it. Skunk Ape. Uh, Bullshit. I'm sorry. Oh, Brian, you lose. You getting, lose. Getting rusty. Getting rusty. I'm sorry. I just, for me, I, I, I appreciate what you said. I do. It's just that there's only one Don't patronize picture. Me. There's only one p- picture. Oh, you need the double picture. Oh, okay. or I see. I have two. I see two pictures here, but it's the same source. Right. But it just looks the, like Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> how dare you tell me? <laughs> we'll be right back with this week's story of high strangeness. Oh, man. Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> Man. That makes so much sense, though. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah, I know. Now, now you've got me. <laughs> Unbelievable. Man, hey, there's this, there's this new documentary. Are we, We're recording, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's this new documentary out. Uh, it's called The Skunk Ape Lives. And uh, it's about this guy and his dad. Uh, his dad's a total skeptic. And they record on his on this kid's father's thermal this this Bigfoot and uh, this skunk ape, and uh, it is terrifying. And and they bring in uh, Bigfoot expert Cliff Barrickman from from Finding Bigfoot and friend of the Bigfoot podcast, uh, Collectors Club podcast. But he goes out and he uh, analyzes the video, and and man, it is pretty convincing stuff. So I'll put that in the link. And there's also one of my favorite. YouTube creators. His name is Bob Gimlin with a Y. He does a video on the skunk ape. I'll include those because it looks like I'm get, I'm losing my I'm losing my powers to convince. So maybe these videos will help you. All right. Well, it's time for this week's story of high strangeness. And Kelly, I think I picked a really fun one for you. Okay, I'm so excited. I'd be interested to hear what you think. Uh, I had not heard of this uh, one before. Bryce, I would be surprised uh, or excited either if you uh, had. Mm. Uh, Tonight's tale of high strangeness takes place in southern Illinois. 
in an area sometimes referred to as the Devil's Kitchen. Oh, wow. The Devil's Kitchen. We've talked about the Devil's Kitchen before, haven't we? Didn't you do another story from the Devil's Kitchen? Maybe. Did I I love that name. I love that name. Sorry to interrupt, Michael. Go ahead. That's the name of my new uh, hot chicken breakfast place, the Devil's Kitchen. Oh. It's just an ad for my uh, new business. (laughs) It's unlicensed. I cook everything in my own kitchen, so uh, I can really only give it to my neighbors. The Devil's Kitchen earned its reputation from First Nation peoples and early settlers alike for being a hotspot of paranormal activity. Spook lights, specters, and phantom screams are just some of the occurrences of high strangeness rumored to happen upon weary travelers wandering through these cursed lands, a territory once regarded to be less to be best left avoided. Nowadays, Devil's Kitchen Lake is a destination for fishermen and pontoon enthusiasts, despite the Native American legend that a nearby cave was home to cannibalistic spirits who would cook unlucky humans in their giant fires. Ew. Scary. mm -hmm. It's like the opposite of a pontoon enthusiast. (laughs) You begin the trip as a pontoon enthusiast, you end up in a uh, potluck dinner. It is fitting, then, that the creature featured in tonight's story hunted these lands, at least for a brief period in the spring of 1973. This is the story of the Enfield Monster. Wow. Also I love known, that name. Yeah, me too. Also known as the Enfield Horror, and not to be confused with the Enfield Poltergeist, the English spirit that was the inspiration for the horror film The Conjuring 2. Hmm. The Enfield Monster is a cryptid named after the location in which it was encountered, Enfield, Illinois. On the evening of April 25th, 1973, at around 9 p.m., little Greg Garrett was playing in his backyard when he was suddenly confronted by an aggressive, gray-furred entity that sprang at him from the shadows. Greg! (laughs) Greg Greg I'm in the shadows Boo Greg Boo Boo I'm scared I'm gonna get you Little Greg Do you want to big fat? According to the boy The monster came rushing out at him On three legs And stomped at his feet Shredding one of his tennis shoes Greg managed to escape, rushing into his house terrified and crying for his mother. At 9.30 p.m., Henry McDaniel, a local man who lived in the house behind the Garrett's lot, was relaxing at home when he heard a scratching at the front door. Expecting to see a stray dog or a nosy raccoon, McDaniel opened his front door and came face to face with a monster clawing his siding. McDaniel claimed it had three legs on it, a short body, two little short arms coming out of its breast area, and two pink eyes as big as flashlights. It stood four and a half to five feet tall and was grayish colored. It was trying to get into the house. Where his breasts should have been, there were tiny arms. I don't like that. <laughs> this looks, I'm sorry, but I'm area. I am picturing Gurgi from the Black Cauldron. Totally. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Oh, good. First Gurgi reference on the show. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Glad to do it. I love those books as a kid. <clears throat> McDaniel quickly grabbed his gun and fired at the creature. 
The furry gray tripodal puzzler hissed like a wildcat and ran off into the night, clearing a 70-foot distance in three leaps. What? McDaniel called the police and state troopers, and despite their skepticism, came out to the property to investigate. The lawmen didn't find the monster, but they did find its tracks, which resembled dog prints, except these had six toes. They measured out about six inches, accompanied by a third smaller print, lending credence to McDaniel and Garrett's description of the three-legged creature. Things returned to normal for a week and a half. Then, on May 6th, the Enfield monster returned to torment Henry McDaniel once again. At 3 a.m., McDaniel woke up to the sounds of howling neighborhood dogs. Something was disturbing the local pets. McDaniel stumbled out of bed and rushed to the front door. Peering out over his yard, he could see the creature in the glow of the streetlight lumbering along some railroad tracks across the street. McDaniel told reporters, I didn't shoot at it or anything. It started on down the railroad track. It wasn't in a hurry or anything. Newspapers across the area picked up the story of the Enfield horror that was haunting White County. Sheriff Poshert, concerned about unwanted attention and even less welcome out-of-town visitors, threatened McDaniel that if he didn't keep his mouth shut, he'd have him arrested. But the three-legged cat was already out of the devil's kitchen bag. Within, within 48 hours of McDaniel's second sighting, a flood of reporters, investigators, and monster-hunting posses swept in and turned the little village of Enfield upside down in hopes of capturing or killing the creature. McDaniel had a theory about what the monster's origins might be. He said during an interview, If they do find it, they'll find more than one. And they won't be from this planet. I can tell you that right now. It ain't human. It ain't earthly bound. It's from somewhere out there. It's instead of tits, it's got arms. It don't have tits. It's got arms for tits. And that ain't right. <laughs> I feel like when he was like, it ain't human. He like instantly was like, shit, I, everyone knows it's not human. <laughs> and then he's like, earthly bound, I mean. And that third leg, I suspect it's a dangler. <laughs> As to why McDaniel thought there might be more than one creature is unclear. But if there were multiple monsters, they managed to evade capture despite a few promising moments of action. Five young men were arrested by Deputy Sheriff Jim Clark after they shot a fast-moving, furry gray thing darting through the underbrush. Their charges? Threat to public safety and hunting violations. Hmm. Two other hunters, Mike Muggle and Roger Tappy from Elwood, Indiana, insisted they'd seen a gray monkey scurrying through the woods. Weird. One of the investigators who arrived in Enfield to find out more about this entity was a zoology major from the University of Illinois by the name of Lauren Coleman. Coleman, who would go on to be one of the most well-known cryptozoologists in in American culture, spoke to news, spoke to the news director of radio station WWKI in Kokomo, Indiana, named Rick Rainbow. 
I mean, that's just the best fucking name. What I've a ever name! Heard. Hey, rocking here in Kokomo, it's Rick Rainbow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in all five colors. <laughs> oh, Rick Rainbow. <laughs> Rainbow told Coleman he had been with a group of associates when they spotted the creature near an abandoned house not far from McDaniel's home. And don't worry, Kelly, the plumbing still worked. Thank you. <laughs> Although they described a gray furry creature that stood about five feet high with a slumped over posture, the monster evaded capture. Rainbow did manage to capture an audio recording of its cry, which he played for, you, for the young cryptozoologist. Coleman himself would also hear the monster scream alongside other witnesses while hunting for the monster down near those railroad tracks. Coleman told reporters, I traveled to Enfield, interviewed the witnesses, looked at the siding of the house the Enfield monster had damaged, heard some strange screeching banshee-like sounds, and walked away bewildered. The cryptid might fall under the type of creature that paranormal investigator John Keel referred to as an abominable swamp slob. An <laughs> This technical Co- term. Yeah, Co- Coleman sorry, mentioned swamp slob. <laughs> Coleman Coleman did mention in an article that didn't really catch on. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds so mean. That's great. Also known as an ASS or ass. <laughs> uh, an, an abominable swamp slob is an ape-like entity that emerges from the woods or swamplands to harass locals. But the Enfield monster truly seems to escape categorization. Like most of these monster hunting stories, the incident ended just as quickly as it began with disappointing results. The Enfield monster suddenly went quiet as if it crawled back to the nether realm from which it came. Local townsfolk were thankful to see the reporters and monster posses leave Enfield. In the aftermath, McDaniel was mostly regarded as a drunk telling tall tales. I take umbrage with that. A few years later, researchers at Western Illinois University, headed by David L. Miller, conducted a social contagion, a.k.a. mass hysteria, case study of the Enfield incident. It concluded, In this area of southern Illinois, it is not unreasonable to assume Mr. McDaniel or the radio news team had actually seen an animal. The people were interviewed, framed the recent events in these terms. Their accounts admitted the possibility that large dogs, calves, bears, deer, and wildcats had been sighted. Some frames suggested that an exotic pet, such as an ape or a kangaroo, was the catalyst for the monster reports. Finally, some people tactfully suggested that Mr. McDaniel had a notoriously overactive imagination and had probably been shooting at shadows. In any event, we interviewed only one person who agreed with Mr. M's claim that he had indeed seen quote-unquote, a monster from outer space. For his part, McDaniel swears he saw a monster, not an exotic animal. He told Jerome Clark and Lauren Coleman during an interview for the July 1974 issue of Fate magazine, I've been all around the world, all right? I've been through Africa, and I've had a pet kangaroo. This was not a... That's right. This was (laughs) not a pet kangaroo. I've never seen this type of creature or track before. And that is the mystery of the Enfield monster. Wow. He had a pet kangaroo. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, biggest did. shock to me was the pet kangaroo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
This guy I've reminds had, me I've of had all Tiger those King. exotic pets you claimed it was. I had an <laughs> ape, a kangaroo, and uh, whatever else you said, and it wasn't that. <laughs> I failed to mention that sources for my story included Swamp Slobs, Invade Illinois by Jerome Clark and Lauren Coleman for Fate Magazine, July 1974, Monsters of Illinois, Mysterious Creatures in the Prairie State by Troy Taylor, and the Enfield Horror uh, article in The Villager's Voice, and a little bit of Wikipedia encrypted wiki. So thank you. There you go. Wow. Uh, Kelly, what the hell was that? I don't know, man. The thing is, like, the name sounds very, like, eldritchy. And so I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be, like, the scariest thing I've ever heard about. And, and then it, like, and it, well, and it was I did really not, scary. I did <laughs> not really feel scared hearing about it. I, I more felt sad for the entire town being gaslit by this like reporter. Um, totally. I, yeah, I mean it, I, here's the thing. I believe that they encountered some kind of creature, some, some beast. Um, yeah, it, it did to me seem like maybe it was some kind of exotic pet gone, gone loose. It described to me the closest description is the kangaroo. Yeah. Oh, right. Because it had got the short it has arms, arms instead of titties. And then uh, <laughs> right. it's got Solved. what three legs are, and it's said to have leapt. It's supposed to leap, and kangaroos will like claw it, siding and stuff. Yeah. Um, and the third creature. leg, the tail, the long tail. Yeah. <gasps> think, yeah. Exactly. Oh and my if god! It, if it were, if it were ill-treated or malnourished maybe its eyes would look sickly and pink maybe right. it had mange maybe it lost some hair uh then again lest you forget i own the pet kangaroo but that's right that's, that's right. right he's and it wasn't one. that yeah and it wasn't that so i mean honestly i take it back i'm a fool it was a, it was a beast from another realm um and there's many of them apparently i don't know southern illinois can be scary yeah, I think for reasons that maybe aren't Enfield monsters. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I mean, Lauren Coleman was like, I heard a whale, you know, a wailing sound. And yeah. There other witnesses to this thing. So who knows? This is just one of those. We get these like small town monster stories that yeah. really took place between the mid uh, mid 60s to the mid 70s. There was yeah. like, a big rash of this stuff like. And they all become that's why the sheriff was like nervous about what was going to happen, because there was a precedent for all these like monster hunters. And people right. Who've been to these small towns and kind of tear everything upside down. And this guy was really worried someone was going to get shot and killed by accident. Yeah. Um, it is fascinating. I mean, we have some track evidence. And so there seems to be that there was some kind of animal there, some sounds, uh, but what it is, what it was, if it was from this dimension or another, I do not know. Listen from again, down under. I think it's, you know, you have to use Occam's razor here, with which says all things being equal, the simplest explanation is usually the correct one. And the simplest explanation here is that it was a gray monster with three legs from another mm. dimension or from outer space that uh, came and haunted this town for a while. So, <laughs> just hello. Yep, that's science. But also keep remember this is all taking place in an area of the country that's supposed to be rife with like weird activity. Yeah, yeah that's true. It might be a hot spot. I mean, it, how much of it to me the thing that sounded like 
it is like my dream. And I wonder if it, if, if it sounds as dreamy to you as it does to me, but like to be one of those like investigators that goes to this small town to try and like catch a sighting of this like new kind of phenomena like that sounds like such a dream like like going and and, like having like all the townspeople be really like hostile to you but that's okay like truly i i that is a dream you could join our team then because (laughs) i think we all have that same dream yeah that would be so fun i mean we all fun we we talk about it even like you know we know just doing this podcast but at some point riley mike and i would love to like get into the field and and you guys should absolutely do it and go i think i think it sounds take you with us kelly i would love to go i think it sounds really romantic and exciting but i feel like the reality is it's a lot of sad tuna fish sandwiches in a small cafe by yourself (laughs) yeah and like sleeping in like a shit motel and like just being like well I what guess would, what would be funner, Monster Posse or Monster Investigators? Investigators. Investigators. I think Posse would be pretty fun well. too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'll see you on the other side, Bryce. <laughs> uh, Kelly Newton, thank you so much for being with us today. Seriously, uh, thanks for having me, man. A, a fun, fun time and a wonderful guest. Uh, where you know people don't know where to find Bigfoot, but where can people find you? Well, you can find me on all social media at Kelly Nugee, K-E-L-L-Y-N-U-G-E-E. You can also catch me on Super Punch on TBS Friday nights, uh, 9 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Listen to my podcast, Teen Creeps. Uh, And also I have another podcast called Same Day Shipping uh, where we ship uh, different characters across all different genre and media with each other and catch me streaming. Uh, I stream everything. Uh, I'm a variety streamer. I also do um, uh, gaming, twitch.tv slash Kelly Nugy. Oh, fan. There you go. Fantastic. Uh, make sure you follow us at Bigfoot Pod on Twitter and at Bigfoot uh, Collectors Club on, I don't know why I stuttered in the middle of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know the name of the show. Uh, at Bigfoot Collectors Club on Instagram. Uh, please do us a favor. Go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five star review and qu- write a quick review. It uh, we I hate to ask you to do this, but it really does help get the show to more people. And I want to thank all of you for following through on this request. If you do it, we'll read your review on, here on the show. Like this one from Mister Fry, uh, who says, "Believe it, five stars." Wet Hot Alien Summer brought a fresh and totally unexpected approach to the Roswell UFO crash. Michael, Bryce, and Riley are nothing short of sensational. Highly oh. recommended. <gasps> Boom. Wow. Beautiful. Couldn't agree with him more. Thank that, you, Fry. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> That's a fucking slam dunk five-star review. We really appreciate it, Mr. Fry. Thanks. All right, everybody. Uh, until next time, I remain Michael McMillan for Bryce Johnson and Riley Bray. Good night and go get regressed. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs>
It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.